Welcome to our worship from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne Labar. Our thanks today go to Jacina Van Setten and Rosemary Milton Thompson for our readings, and to the choristers of St Martin in the Fields for our hymns. Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. So as we begin our worship, let us think of the week that is past and all that has happened in it. The resurrection of Jesus proclaims that love is stronger than hatred, hope is stronger than despair, 
life is stronger than death, so we can turn to God in faith and trust, just as we are, and know that nothing we have done is beyond his power to forgive. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God, our Redeemer, you have delivered us from the power of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of your Son. Grant that as by his death he has recalled us to life, so by his continual presence in us he may raise us to eternal joy. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptising these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited him to stay for several days. Our psalm today is Psalm 98. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvellous things. With his right hand and his holy arm has he won for himself the victory. The Lord has made known his victory, his righteousness has he openly shown in the sight of the nations. He remembers his mercy and faithfulness to the house of Israel, and all the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Shout with joy to the Lord, all you lands. Lift up your voice, rejoice and sing. Sing to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the voice of song. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, shout with joy before the King, the Lord. Let the sea make a noise and all that is in it, the lands and those who dwell therein. Let the rivers clap their hands and let the hills ring out with joy before the Lord. When he comes to judge the earth, in righteousness shall he judge the world and the peoples with equity. A reading from John, chapter 15, verses 9 to 17. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. 
No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. This I command you, to love one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Abide in my love, says Jesus to his disciples on the night before he dies. Last week we heard the passage just before this in the Gospel of John, when Jesus used the image of himself as the vine and us as branches grafted into it, with God's life flowing through the whole. Now he goes on to talk about what that life lived close to God is like. It's a life, he says, that is marked most of all by love. We don't just abide in God, we abide in love, because love is God's deepest nature. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, he says, abide in my love. That little word abide is a powerful one. It means to stay put, to stick with, to remain. An abode is an old-fashioned word for a home, a place we live, not just visit. We may have abiding memories of things, memories which endure. And there may, of course, be things we can't abide, things we recoil from. Jesus doesn't just tell his followers to love here. He tells them to abide in love, to stick with it, to keep loving, until love is second nature, a basic attitude. It's one thing to do something kind now and then, when we happen to feel like it, or when we think someone might be watching. It's quite another to keep on seeking the best for someone when it's inconvenient or costly, day after day, week after week, year after year. We'll only usually do that for people who are very special to us, our loved ones, as we call them. And that's what Jesus calls his disciples and us in this passage. The translation we heard said, I have called you friends, but loved ones is really more accurate. Friend can mean anything from a casual acquaintance to a bosom buddy, but to call someone a loved one implies that our lives are bound together, that we couldn't forget each other even if we tried. I would walk 500 miles, sang the proclaimers. Well, who would you walk 500 miles for? Who would you let your life be turned upside down for? Who would you not be able to sleep for worrying about? Who would make your own heart swell with pride because of something they'd achieved? Those are the people who are our loved ones. The people we breathe more easily when we know they're okay. And in this gospel passage, that's what Jesus calls us, his loved ones. The ones he'd do anything for even lay down his life, the ones he can't forget or walk away from. He sticks with us, remains with us, lets his life be bound up with ours. Our sorrows are his sorrows, our joys are his joys. And as we abide in his love, letting it sink in, 
learning to trust it, we should start to find that our own lives and attitudes come to be shaped by love too, so that we naturally want to share it with others. What does that look like in practice? Well, perhaps our first reading can give us an illustration. It's the tail end of a much longer story from the earliest days of the Christian church. Jesus' first followers were Jewish, of course, like Jesus, but they'd begun to embrace his message that the kingdom of God was open on equal terms to everyone, Jew or Gentile, rich or poor, saint or sinner, male or female. On the day of Pentecost, filled with the Holy Spirit, his followers had spilled out onto the streets of Jerusalem, speaking of Jesus in languages they didn't know, but which the crowd from every corner of the world found they could understand. God was at home, abiding, everywhere, with every person, whatever their culture or native language. But it was one thing to preach that, and another thing to live it. Inclusivity is easy, until we have to include someone who presses all the wrong buttons for us, who feels just that bit too different, alien, other. The beginning of Acts chapter 10 tells the story of St Peter praying on the rooftop of a house in Joppa where he's staying. As he prays, he has a vision of something like a sheet, lowered from heaven, filled with all sorts of animals his faith forbade him to eat. Pigs, shellfish and the rest. Things that felt viscerally yucky to him because he'd been schooled to call them unclean. And yet there they all were, squirming away on this sheet. And then Peter heard a voice from heaven, the voice of God, saying, Kill and eat these things, Peter. But I can't, says Peter. Why not, says God? Because you've told us not to. Hmm, says God, but this is me speaking to you and telling you different. While Peter's trying to get his head around that, some messengers arrive, sent by Cornelius, a Roman centurion, a Gentile, a member of the occupying army. He'd heard about Jesus and the message he preached, and he wanted Peter to come and tell him more. But Peter knew what that would mean. If you went to visit someone, they'd be sure to offer you something to eat. Hospitality was a sacred duty. But the equivalent duty of the guest was to accept what you were given. And almost certainly it wouldn't be kosher, in keeping with those Jewish food laws he'd been brought up with. It might be one of those things that he'd had in that, seen in that vision of the sheet full of unclean animals. Even to go into this Gentile house would have made him unclean in many people's eyes. So what should he do? It was hard, disturbing. But Peter went anyway, into another culture, another world. He chose to abide in love, to stick with his conviction that God's call was for all people, rather than recoil and run away from it to trust that God had this situation in his hands, that he knew what he was doing and that somehow it would be okay. And so Peter discovered that Cornelius and all those Gentiles he'd been so wary of were also God's loved ones, just like him. God was already in residence, abiding with them through his Holy Spirit, so Peter could abide with them too. 
Diversity and the challenges it brings are often in the news these days. However inclusive we like to think we are, all of us can discover that we have unconscious biases, deep-rooted, unthinking prejudices about people based on a whole host of things that are just part of who they are. Race, gender, sexuality, disability, age, social class. Inclusivity is fine in theory, but then we come up against that one issue, that one person, which triggers something deep in us that makes us want to avoid them. But when that feeling sweeps over us, God calls us to abide in love, to stay where we are, to breathe in and out, to look, listen and wait. Because if we do, we will discover that the God who's present everywhere is present in those people too who seem so strange to us. And maybe they'll be equally surprised and delighted to find the same about us. That's an especially important message for the beginning of Christian Aid Week, when we're reminded that we are all one family, whether we know it or not, whether it feels comfortable or not. Jesus calls us to abide in love, to stick with it and make it a habit, so that little by little strangers, however strange they might seem, become loved ones, and we come to recognise that they are part of the one vine, sharing with us in the life and goodness of God. Amen. Let us pray. Faithful God, we give you thanks for your abiding love, which nothing can destroy. Give us grace to abide in that love, to know it in our hearts and show it in our lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Faithful God, we give you thanks for our loved ones, praying especially for those from whom we're separated by this pandemic or for other reasons. Help us to know that we are held together in your love and that all are loved ones to you. We pray too for those who feel lonely or unseen by others, those who suffer discrimination or exclusion. Open our eyes to see everyone around us, to know that each one is your child, made in your image and precious. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Faithful God, we pray for those who have been elected to various positions in the UK this week, that you'll give them wisdom to exercise their power for the good of all. Help us to find ways of reaching across the divides of political opinion so that we can listen to one another. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Faithful God, we pray this week for the work of Christian aid and especially in this year for its work in helping people cope with the effects of climate change. We pray for those who are affected by extreme weather events, by droughts, floods and hurricanes. Show us all what we must do to combat this and give us the strength to act on our knowledge. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Faithful God, we pray for all who are sick in body, mind or spirit and those who care for them. We continue to pray for the people of India and Brazil and other nations who are struggling to provide health care. 
We pray for an equitable distribution of vaccine and medical supplies, that you would remind us that we are one family. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Faithful God, we entrust into your keeping all who have died, that they might rest in peace and rise in glory, abiding in your love eternally. We pray that you would bring comfort to those who mourn. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. As we share the peace, we hold in our minds those from whom we are separated, members of our congregation, our families, our friends. And we remember that in God's hands we are all held together. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Almighty God, who raised Jesus from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high, may we know your resurrection power in our daily lives and look with hope to that day when we shall see you face to face and share in your glory, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. May Christ, who out of defeat brings new hope and a new future, fill you with his new life, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen.